So good to have Kenny and Cheryl back where we can keep an eye on them. <laughs> Especially Cheryl. She needs, somebody needs to keep her eye on her. Right? Right? Anyways, we, we truly love you guys. It's been a joy to bless you, honestly. So get over it. It is... Um, This has reminded me again how important it is to receive from people at the right times. Every once in a while, it's appropriate to say no to something from someone if you discern something. But normally, you should receive. You know, it took me a lot of years to learn how to just say thank you to a compliment. I had to go on this rhetoric about, I don't know. You know, say five things bad about myself. It was weird. It's like this false humility, and it doesn't make people feel good. Like if they go, hey, good job. Like you're saying good. You're this. You know, they mean it, and they want to bless you. And the best thing you can do is like, well, thank you. You know, I, it took me most of my life to learn how to do that. And it's very releasing, and it's actually more of a humble place to just say thank you uh, than it is to do what I was doing. It was like, and, but it was false. It was, it was very religious. And, and then, um, I'm going to be careful with this, but it's such a good illustration. Um, someone once gave a gift to the church, and I wanted to bless them back for giving what they gave by just blessing them. I couldn't repay it, it was a gift to us. I wanted, I wanted to bless them. I wanted to pray over them, like to reciprocate, like it, it gave you the sense of giving. And, and this person, like, didn't want that. Like, it was that religious spirit where, no, no, can't say, like, I don't know. It was weird. Like, they wouldn't even say they did it to the, us under the Lord. It was a strange, it was a strange thing. And I tell you, I want to tell you this because I want you to know how important it is to receive when someone gives. It made me feel like it wasn't a good feeling. It made me feel like I was a charity, like I was a, like, our, it, it, it didn't, because we couldn't reciprocate that blessing, they didn't receive that. It, it made it, it made me feel weird, like, all of a sudden, you know, there's that thing, someone blesses you, and then there's this other time when someone makes you feel like you're a charity case, you know? Oh, here, you know, I need to give it to you because you're pathetic, you know? Like, <laughs> there's really a bad thing to do to somebody, honestly. If you can't value them as you're giving them a gift, then don't hold it, don't do it because they really don't need that kind of giving. So it's so important to receive. I say that to Kenny and Cheryl, like, it's just as important to just say, Thank you, you blessed us because there was nothing, there was no, we had to do something that was not right. You know, it wouldn't have felt right, it wouldn't have felt good at all. And uh, in these very serious situations, cancer, whatever, when someone's, you feel so, so helpless. It's a horrible feeling. And you can't suffer for the person. Jesus did that, you know, like you can't. I'd give my life. It's like somebody been there, done that, you know, and you really can't, you know, like it doesn't work that way. I'll give my life so they can. It's like, that's, yeah, don't go there. Just leave that alone. Just obey the Lord. Do what he asks you to do and, and give and receive and, and bless. So, so yeah, Phyllis. No idea. Wanted to just take this that first step to 
put together a small group to organize something, and I felt I didn't feel we were to do a go, go, give, send, go thing or anything like that this time, and uh, just kind of boom, 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 hit a couple people to delegate some things to, and that was pretty much all I had to do is call that together, say you're this, you're that, da da da, and they got the people that they need. The people they needed came, and so it was actually a whole group of people, but it was real simple to put together my little group of people, get the information out. Everything came at the, at the right time, so it was really an awesome thing to do. Um, um, let's take a moment. Um, how about a couple people? Phyllis talked about this. Every time you talk about, tell a story about Jesus, tell something about Jesus. A couple people to just acknowledge a healing that you've had, something miraculous you've had in your life, just a few of you, because every time we speak that out, uh, it's the testimony that empowers the promises. And I talked about the, uh, um, the book, um, Imagine Heaven, and it's full of scripture, but it's testimonies that authenticate, that that, are, that attest to the scriptures in heaven that made it so powerful for me. And it just really was great. And so um, I'll go first. And um, because I'm at, a, I'm at a point where I, I, I need like a healing, like I, I have an issue with my neck and my back, my upper back. And um, it seems to be progressively getting more serious. So um, I tend to just hide that stuff, not talk about it. But I, I do, I do need. I've been praying for a long time. What's this pain? What is this? What is that? And um, so um, I, I have a serious issue that I've got to deal with. It's only like uh, the grace of God that I'm here today. Um, I didn't know if I was going to make it. <clears throat> so I have a testimony of an amazing healing. And the other day, my brother-in-law. Uh, Eddie was talking to me about, I think he's had laser surgery, and he says, I have monovision now, you know, because one, one is for distance and one is for close-up. And uh, he goes, you know what that is, don't you? And I'm kind of like, yeah. And uh, that's what he got through surgery. Well, that's what the Lord gave me. I have that. I wore glasses all my life. And it's, it's so real, but the last time I went to get my driver's license, I passed the test with that, without my glasses, so... It's, it's authentic. My vision isn't perfect, but I don't need glasses. I don't need to read. or That's the issue. If you, if you have contacts or whatever, like I, I've had contacts a few times, and I went back to them at a certain point, maybe 10 years ago, and it was horrible because I couldn't read anything. You know, it's the age of the cell phone. So, you know, you got to see a distance thing. you got to look down at your phone and be able to read that all at the same time. And so, or if you're working on things, mechanics, anything mechanical, uh, carpentry, whatever, how often do you have to be, you've got to see over there, and then you've got to read something really close or be in a close, and it's miserable like the glasses thing all of a sudden, they don't work no matter what kind you have. Bifocals, trifocals, refocals, like it, they're bad. And my eyes adjusted to that monovision. One is distance and one is, one is close. Isn't that crazy? And, and I just keep testifying and I kind of, I didn't say that to Eddie. I don't know why, I just didn't say anything. He's telling me a story and I'm like, I have that. And I'm like, I need to make sure I tell people. Sometimes I do tell people, and you, you ever tell someone about something like that, and they kind of look at you like that. I've had some. I've had those looks. I'm like, but it's a true story. It is. It is. It is. It really is. So, anybody else have anything that has happened? Just testify, Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this was years and years ago. I was like 32 at the time. And I had lower back problems, and I was going to beauty school. Kathy and Sean, you might remember this. And um, I, my back was, it was just horrendous. I, I was getting to the point where I didn't know it was my lower back. I didn't know what I was going to do. And we went to a service. Where was that at? Do you remember? It was... Um, 
We've been every place once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't remember the church. I'm thinking it was uh, Dave Strafler's church. Okay. Should have been. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't remember the name of that. The upper room. Upper room, yeah. And there was a guy there, and I, on my way there, I said to the Lord, I'm going to pray for healing, and I'm going to keep my eyes focused on you and not on man, not on who's going to pray for me. I don't care who prays for me. And so I went up, and this young kid that had hated, hated praying for backs, and when I told him that I needed healing in my lower back, he's like, Okay, yeah. Just so you know, I hate praying for healings for backs. <laughs> yeah, just for your information. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And so I'm standing there, and I've got my eyes focused on him. Nothing that he said came through. I wasn't paying any attention to him. And all of a sudden, I felt this weird thing happen. And I said, I think the Lord's doing something. And so he sits me down on a chair, and I scooted all the way back, and he held my legs up, and my foot was shorter. My left was shorter than my right. And then he commanded it to do something. Uh, I wasn't paying attention to him. I was just kind of noticing my leg. And it literally came up like this. At the time, I wanted Kathy and Sean to see this because I think I had talked to Kathy and she was like, yeah, I, I know God can heal, but I don't know if you remember this or not, Kathy. And she was there and she was clear on the opposite side. And while this leg was like this, I started hollering, Kathy Forbes, Kathy Forbes, get over here. And she's like, what? And I said, come here. You've got to see this. And she looks, and of course, Kathy's like, nah, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, look at it. And, it. and he commanded it to even out, and it went up and then back. And straight across and of course Kathy was blown away I don't know if you remember that or not I think that was the first time you'd ever been around that type of thing and um, and I was healed it, it, my back was totally healed no problems whatsoever that is good and if you hear the story of uh, Cheryl, this procedure she, she got in, in Mexico, how that worked out, and you, you realize that alone is a miracle. How she got it, how it's like, yeah, it's quite a story. So, <clears throat> that, and I've had great confidence with their prognosis uh, because I, I could really see the Lord leading them and directing them. And um, when this came back up again, Cheryl, I, I watched her, and she's like, I need to get back down there. And I'm like, that's, then that's what you should do. You need to go. So she did, and that, uh, that unction in her to get to the right place, was it's still all part of being led by the Spirit, doing what the Lord's saying, rather than trying to look off so much for the wisdom of men. Somebody else with a story of a healing. Carol, yes. Quiet, back row Carol. Yeah, Carol, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I was 18 years old, I had tuberculosis. So they put me in a sanitarium. You had what? Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, yes. And I, when I went in, I, I had to be in bed like, I was only allowed up a half hour. But anyway, it was in both lungs to begin with. And so the, one time, I had people in praying and that, and I said to the doctor, I'd like an extra x-ray. And he said, for what? I said, I'm healed. And he said, you know how doctors are. <laughs> But anyway, we had to go through classes, and I was only in there nine months. With what I had, I should, probably should never come out. But the Lord healed me of tuberculosis. Wow. And then I had cancer in my breast. And they found it when it was just no bigger than a, a pencil head. Yeah. And they operated, and it, all I had to do was take medication. I didn't have to have any other treatments or anything. 
So the Lord took care of that. So there's a lot of, you know, sure. he does heal. Yes. Huh? Oh, every member of my family so far has died with cancer. Yeah, that's so. huge. Well, there was eight that survived, yeah. and seven of them has gone with. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That family thing's a hard thing to break, doesn't it? It's almost like it authenticates what comes to you. You're like right away, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, I saw that coming. You know that kind of thing. So it makes a really more difficult. That gives it power but there's a greater power that just explodes. So, amen. Well, let me move on. Those are good. We need, to, we need to do this. We need to talk about our miracles, what we've received, our provision, miraculous provision in our lives. Make sure you keep telling those stories as old as they may be. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't need to. I don't want to miss anything. I got to share this because I think it's along with... Um, and, and so I was, I was, when you were talking about it, I was thinking about our, our journey, Cheryl and I's, um, with this and, um, what I, what is a miracle for me in this and obviously for Cheryl is that the Lord has given us each time a direction and, and that was like our, you know when you when you're dealing with something like this you want the miracle to be the doctor looks at you and says you're you're done you don't have cancer you'll never have to deal with this and it's it's completely over um our miracle is each time the enemy tries to strike at us and the lord continues giving us a miracle on each level of giving us direction just like what rick said about this this surgery the more you uh hear understand it and the more we've looked at what was taking place and how big this was it, it was with without a doubt a miracle that she was eligible in this stage of the game where she was at of being able to be allowed to have this surgery but um I, so as i was pondering this um each each time um the the, the lord has just continued to uh he, he's 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 telling me I, I just want you to trust me i just you know just just uh, i will give you direction I will, and, and actually, Cheryl and I are sitting and, and we're waiting for another direction um, because, and, and I believe, and I'm going to, and I'm not speak, I'm not declaring this because I'm just declaring it. I, I'm declaring this because I, I really have the faith that everything we've declared, everything that we've needed was, was provided. And um, our next step is, um, is it okay? I'll just share this. So our next step is this. So Dr. Dr. Batista, who is her doctor in, in Tijuana, he, he had said, um, <clears throat> he had said to her, um, um, we, we, wanna, we, want, we think it's good that you go back home now. And, and he said, um, and they've given her two low doses of chemo, which is, you know, a very, um, uh, yeah. And, and there, they're able to direct it. So it's, it's, it's very helpful in, in the thing, that, the way they do it. Um, but the chemo is more for just a maintenance type of thing. Because what this surgery that they've done, they're, they're pretty confident that it destroyed the the foundation of what was carrying the cancer cells through um, her body and stuff but 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 the chemo that they, they wanted to do is more for uh, just in case 
that it attached a cell could have attached itself as it was still traveling before they did the surgery. So he asked her, he said, what is your plans? And of course she tells him what, you know, that you know, we're going to wait in five weeks like you told us and we're gonna get a CT scan, we're gonna get blood work and we'll send it to you. And he said, do you have a doctor? And, and we said, not really. And he said, because you can actually do this back home. He said, you know, he said, I, I don't know if we're there yet, but we kind of almost recommend like two more low dose just to wrap this up. And so um, it was awesome that um, he, he's saying, you, you can do this back in the States because this is the type of chemo is being given. The, the ticket is, will you find someone that will do this? And, and, and if we can prove that it's been effective, um, that they would just do a low dose chemo. And uh, so, um, so our next thing is this, Lord, what's, give us, yep. yeah, give us another direction on where, where, you know, where do we, you know, what's our next thing? So I, I just wanted to share that. I, I don't want to take that lightly. He has given us <clears throat> direction every time. And yes, trust me, we both would love to just hear we're done and life goes on. Um, but that's, <laughs> it's, that's not the way it's been. But, but we do get to experience and we get to witness uh, just amazing things that has taken place that is just like, and it just continues to build our faith and we just continue, and especially mine. I mean, I'm just, I, I, I am declaring things. I, I am, you know, uh, I know Kevin, I think you shared my testimony about going to the airport and um, I, when I was flying out to Mexico, uh, Chris had dropped me off, and um, I happened to fly out on the busiest day of the year for flying. And um, and if you've been to the Pittsburgh airport, you can appreciate how long this was. Actually, Cheryl knew how long, but when we went got home, I actually showed her how far the line was, and she was just like blown away how far. So. When I, when I got checked in and everything, and I went down to have to go through the um, security line, and the line, I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, and I just, I keep walking. Well, I'm heading out, you know where at the airport, the, all the conveyor belts that you walk up from the, the parking lot that is probably from here to Bethesda Road, I kid you not, it's that, probably that long. I, I just kept walking. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I get all the way almost to the exit, and that was the end of the line. And I'm standing there, and oh, oh, and before that, I'm sorry. <laughs> right before that, right before that. But this, 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 this is a good word, and and I think I think we're at the we're at the place where we, I mean, you really need to to exercise this. This is a good word. The, the, the Lord has been showing me the number 444 and, and, and in Psalms, it's talking about declaring. I, and, and in the, um, uh, the American Standard, it says command the victories, okay? So right when I was checking in, I grabbed my phone to see, uh, to get my flight number and I, and I turned my phone on it and it was 444. And uh, that was the time. And I just, right away, and I looked at it, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, be, I'm gonna need to be declaring here, yeah. okay? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I just didn't know I was gonna be declaring almost all the way at the end of the, at the outside. And so, but when I got there, immediately, and it, the Lord, I just felt the Lord say, don't, don't speak that you're going to miss that or that that something you know don't speak this and and I was standing there and this guy in front of me very friendly nice guy you know he's like man we're not going to make our flight I've never seen it this way you know this is crazy 
And another guy in front of him was, you know, kind of saying the same thing. And, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> I'm just, and I'm praying, you know, Lord, you know. But I felt, um, and, and the reason I felt that was because the miracle before when Cheryl and I flew to Dallas one time, and we weren't going to make it. And, and, and right before we left to go, I felt the Lord say, I want you to pray. And I want you to, to uh, pray like, like the protection over you. And when I was sitting there and we were looking at, we were thinking, we were very close and missing our flight. I kept hearing the Lord say, you pray, just put your trust in me. And we get to the, to the uh, air, airplane and they just allowed us in and they shut the door. So it was that close. So that was a miracle to me that the Lord took care of that. So as I was standing there, the Lord said, we were in this situation before. Like I could, I could hear the Lord saying that to me. And, and, and I, kept saying, I kept feeling, do not, do not speak because that's just as effective when we speak, you know, the fear and this and that. And so this, <clears throat> this guy, uh, so this security guy comes walking down, and he's not announcing it very loud. And he said, hey, um, the overflow's open. And, I, of course, I have no clue what an overflow is. And, and it was just a blessing that the Lord allowed me to be with this guy that was very friendly and talkative. And he says... He said, hey, you want to want to go try the overflow? And I said, I don't even know what that is. He said, it's another line that it's for special events. Like he said, my wife is a judge and she carries a pistol and she has to go through this special security. And he said, I've done it many a times. He goes, are you, are you willing to take the chance? And I'm like... Okay, and he said, I said, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, just follow me. And I said, okay. So we took off. I get out, I step out of line, and now I'm walking back past all those people I was standing there with thinking, you know. And I tell you, I was, I was, <laughs> I was nervous. And anyways, we get up there. Here it was 11-minute wait, and, and that was all. And the Lord just again said, um, you know, it was just, a, you know, another miracle. That's huge. Yeah. So, so I believe this is a year that what we, uh, Kevin shared this about a year ago, I think, and he said, what we sow with our mouth, we are going to reap with our eyes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and, and that's, so it's so true. What we sow with our mouth, we will reap with our eyes. So it's, it's, I just say that to remind, it's, to encourage you, the miracles are waiting. We and I believe it's declaring. It's it is a time, a year, and, and that's that's what that's what me and Cheryl's been doing, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> we we want to see the miracle right now, but but the Lord has just been blessing us, and so. Tons of miracles here. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is so important to remember. Um, so bottom line, it's not okay to, to say everything you think and feel. You better get a bridle on it. And we will be the people that are different if we get this under control there's a lot of, I, I mean, I'm just still just learning this. And sometimes the feelings are pretty strong and they're pretty negative. And you just feel like, I got to say it or I'm going to bust. And the Spirit's like, <laughs> you'll pay for that. Like, don't, don't do it. It changes everything, and it does. And to be a people, people will see this in you if you don't say the obvious if you don't speak what everybody else in the room is feeling, if you don't go, that seals the deal. And uh, so we're all walking this out where we're learning to be very careful. We're not, I don't want to be religious about it. I don't want to be, you know, a rule keeper about it. But this, let it be what the Spirit's convicting you of. Don't speak that. Don't say that. Like, 
believe my promise, no matter what it looks like, no matter, and, and I'll tell you, things, doors will open that you can't see. You don't even know there's a door in the wall, and, and there'll be a door open. There's a way that opens, provision comes. Um, I do not want to take you uh, uh, out very long to, today. Um, let me tell you the stream I had. Um, I um, <clears throat> was really exciting to have a dream like this. And um, I've been praying for dreams that are truly like spiritual dreams. And um, went through a long period of time now where I've not had hardly anything like that. So I, I dream. There are a lot of details to the dream I'll, I'll leave out. They... They have meaning to me, but they're, they're, it's, you know, your dream world. It's kind of strange, but can be. But I always know when something's from the Lord. And then I know when I just had a dream, okay? I, I know. I, I just know that I know when I wake up. I go, oh, that was an important one. And um, I, I find myself in this situation where I, uh, someone says, hey, you got to go with me to do something, like take something. You know how someone says, hey, can you ride with me to pick up something or whatever? It was kind of one of those calls. And I, I just threw a robe on, like I wasn't dressed. I just threw on a robe. I had a robe. I never wear a robe. Phyllis just bought me a robe. Like I don't have wear robes, you know, like bath towel, bathrobe, whatever. And uh, in this dream, I throw it, and it's and it's a dark, very dark color. And I end up needing to drive my car back from someplace. And when I'm driving, it's a road that's not a well-traveled road, like a secondary road, rough road. And, and I know the road. I know where I'm at. And I've got to drive up through. And, and it's hard to tell how to get up because the main highway is right up there. And I'm, so I'm, I'm doing this. And you know how And there's, it comes up to a house that's not a nice house. It's just kind of a... Um, just not it I mean a little house it's not about being little or big it's about it just didn't look look nice like there was a dreariness about the house and I'm half I halfway go in their driveway and it's like no this is the road and I back up and, and all this is detail and then the people come out of this house and I feel like I need to tell them hey I'm just trying to get to the road like I don't mean to be driving on your property kind of thing don't shoot you know that thing and begin to engage them, and all of a sudden we're in conversation. And all of a sudden I'm in a room, and people start gathering. It's in the room of this, of this house. And there's a dreariness about the house. It's not like it's a bad place to be. It's just like a depressing place, like down. And uh, the people start looking at me, and they start whispering like, that's James. And I have to tell them, no, I'm like, I'm not James. And I knew, I just knew this, that James was an anointed person, like had an anointing. And I'm like, no, I'm not that person. Like, I just need to be honest with you. I'm not that person. I'm just in a robe and I really shouldn't even be out anywhere, you know, like that kind of thing. Like it's really, you know, you're, and I think it's reality when we're, in, and we're not feeling confident. We're not dressed like, right? Like I shouldn't even be out here. Like you have to run up to the church, you know, in your sweatpants or whatever. It's like, hope I don't see anybody, that thing, you know? So, and uh, so I, I explain this to them, but these people keep engaging me and there is, um, I want to be careful how I say this, but it just was the reality. It wasn't there were people that need healed, but they were, there was a, a dark depression on them, hopelessness, like really fool. And I engage with this woman and like she's pulling something out of me spiritually and I begin to pray and the anointing shows up on me, and she's, she's like, boom, like something explodes in her, which really draws attention to who are you. And so I began to pray, and they're like, what's, and pray for them. And as soon as I do, like that heavy unbelief, that's the hardest thing to pray for people, you know? <laughs> it's really tough. Like you don't feel like you can break through. We've all encountered people like that. You try to help them, encourage them. And it's like, wow, there's a lead <laughs> unbelief around them. And uh, sometimes I'm that person, so it's not a criticism. And uh, I, they start ask, but when I pray, when this, because of this anointing, they just explode with life. And they're like, what is this? 
and I answer them out of a scripture that was one of my comfort texts this week at the end of the week is 1 John 3.24. So turn with me. And it says, for all who, in the Passion Translation, for all who obey his commands, find their lives joined in union with him. And uh, it goes on to say, he lives and flourishes in them. We know and have proof that he constantly lives and flourishes in us by the spirit that he has given us. So this scripture gives real substance and detail to the reality of the union of Jesus in you that it has an expression, that there's a manifestation of this. It's not just what you learn in Sunday school when you go, what's the right answer, kids? You know that thing? How many of you know Sunday school's great, but you've got to graduate into reality and a real experience, right? So you don't want to stay in that level where you just learn things, but you want to start experiencing things and there is a reality to this, this living un- this union that you have in Christ. And, and I, I speak to, I said, I, and I realized I need to teach them about the union in Christ. And so back when I went through this period of time where the anointing was so strong, but it was agonizing because I couldn't seem to impart it. Like, so it had its big effect on me, but it still was so, I still wanted so bad to always impart it. And there's always this sense, like if I prayed for people, it's like, that's nice, Rick, and they receive it. And that was, you know, that's neat, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. And I was like, you know, like this is, there's too much here. I want, I want to give, I want to give it. I want to minister in it. So that dream was like, it's time. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. I just kept thinking of, oh, this is finally, it was like you have a hunger, an itch you can't scratch, a hunger that's just never got satisfied. And the dream went, it, it's the day's coming. The time's coming. And so the, to teach on it was to just say, you're experiencing the, the manifestation of these promises, that there is a union with Christ, and it's to have an, effect, an explosive effect on you. It should explode in you. It was somewhat of what Lou Engle was saying about communion as he got a revelation to people taking communion all over the world and in every household. There was like atomic explosions going on. And when you start to perceive the power that's in that, then you, and like early this morning, I was taking communion by myself, like real early in the morning. And um, I was, it was neat to just be by myself. And I'm, I'm like, we never want this stuff to be routine. Like, don't want it to just be, that's what we're always fighting against. Like, I don't want this to be something I do, like, you know, a religious ritual. I, I want it to be reality. Why do I do it? And it was like, um, I was able to, I was just conscious of this, that I'm, 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 I'm drinking of the provision. I'm eating and drinking of the provision a day, daily. Like, every day you partake. Every day we eat and drink, Yeah. And do you feel stupid about that? No, because you're hungry and thirsty, right? It's like, well, of course, you got to eat every day. Like if we would go, hey, I, I ate three months ago, and now I'm hungry again. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know. Like you got to know, you no, 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 no. You got to eat every day. You got to eat every day, Cheryl. Like we're like, hey, Cheryl, come on. Time to get you fattened up. Phyllis said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you fattened up. Like you need to, you know, put some weight on. And, uh, and, and spiritually the same way, and, and to look at communion and go, I need to eat and drink continually. Uh, and it's just like, uh, I was reading in a book by, um, um, oh, all of a sudden the, the name has, um, the guy that you listened to, Emerson Farrell, yeah, and his wife, Anna, yeah, yeah. And it was a book on communion. I just was rereading and looking at some things in that. And she talks about how, Important, even in satanic rituals, they drink to get power. Like, this is a big concept, actually. And in, in all the spirit world, whether it's the good spirit world or the bad spirit world. And so when we, she goes, when I go out on, on event, adventures, and man, this woman goes on at spiritual adventures. It's crazy. 
<clears throat> where she goes to intercede for people and and she goes to the high places, she goes to low places, she gets some people to go with her. And they experience some wild things. And she, you know, you have to acknowledge, wow, this is powerful what she's doing. And <clears throat> she said, I have the strength that young people can't keep up with me. And it's all about what she's encountering, what she's encountered in the spirit, revelations she's gotten about communion, what, what experience, spiritual experiences she's had with with all of this, she's like, whoa, you're reading on the page like, that's, wow, that's wild. There's so much more. And there is a, an, a manifestation of the union of Jesus. And if you have an experience, don't pull up short. And don't allow it to be somebody else and not you. Like, go, I want that. I, I, I want that. I want to tap into something that, that's really living and really alive. And let me just touch on a few of the scriptures that, and and you'll, you know these, like in Isaiah 54, 5 through 8, it's, it's a scripture in Isaiah that's talking to Israel, but the, the concept is there where the Lord says, I, I'm, the maker is your husband. Your maker is your husband. And what is, if the Lord's saying he's our husband, what is, he say, what is that relationship? It's a relationship of union. He's not declaring I'm your boss. He's not declaring I'm your president. He's not declaring. Those aren't relationships of union, are they? They're authority positions. But when you start using terms like husband, then you go, oh, that's a relationship of, of a union, of a covenant union, of a real, real interaction. That's like as close as you can get. And uh, so there's an invitation from the Lord to bring us into union. The relationship is union. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 31 and 32 gives the description of marriage and some instruction to the husbands and the wife. And then it says, and by the way, in the midst of that, I'm in the church. So our whole walk with the Lord is likened, here we go again, is likened exactly to marriage. Like, as a matter of fact, that exists so you can understand that. This this relationship, this marriage we have, marriages, they, they exist. So many things in our world exist for one purpose, so we understand this. When you get that, it changes everything. This isn't the end. This is to get this. And what is this? This was made from that. Like what's above came and manifests itself. So everything, <coughs> excuse me, everything here is made in the likeness of what's in heaven. And in Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, <clears throat> let's turn there and I'll, I'll end with that. Hebrews chapter, chapter 3. It's right before the chapter about enter into the rest of God. And, and an interesting passage as I reread it in context of this. So search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. For if it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. So... This is a monster in our lives, in our culture, that unbelief settling in. It, it'll get you. And uh, there's a lot of black and white things about life that we, we know, oh, yeah, don't do that. You know, it's, it's, you know. But there are things also that are the most dangerous things are, are when you come into a place of unbelief. Um, one, an example of this, like, I've been paying attention to it. Um, had there was a friend, friends of ours, and um, the woman starts talking about um, <clears throat> um, how long she's going to believe, and this had to actually do with President Trump and the whole political, geopolitical thing that's going on in our world. And um, we we have uh, in that we have prophetic words from prophets and also from patriots, and. Uh, this person had made a statement like, if something doesn't happen by this certain date, I'm, I'm done. And 
it was one of my last interactions with this person. I said, I, it was through a text, and I text back because there had been a conversation, and then we we're kind of finishing this up with this. If it does, that's, that's the end of my life. And I go, okay, and what are you going to do then? Like, what benefit is it to stop believing? Be careful you don't set markers where you're going to stop. I'll go this far and then I'm done. Be careful. When you stop believing, and it's even in some of the natural things, something settles into you. Something settles on you, and it's not a good thing. That's what the Scripture warns about. Be careful that there be evil in you or unbelief in you, because once that settles in on you, you're in trouble. So we want to guard unbelief. What do you do with it when it shows up? Repent from it. That's the step. For always the first step. Acknowledge it. Oh, this isn't good. I don't have a believing heart in some areas. Don't have to conjure stuff up, but when you, under, when you recognize you're not believing something, don't just make it ex- culturally acceptable in, the, in our church where it's like, oh, yeah, who does believe that? You know, like, don't, don't do that. Don't allow, we don't want to breed a, 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 a community and an atmosphere where, where we're not believing things that are hard. Even if you've never seen it yet, don't stop. Lead you astray. Don't go there because it really pulls you in. And the scripture goes on. It will lead you astray. It'll make you unresponsive to the living God. It shuts your heart down. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. For we are mingled with the Messiah. Here's that. There's the word again. Union, mingled. We're mingled with him. A beautiful <coughs> wording. We're, we're mingled with him like we're, we're interrelated with him. That is the promise of this. That is truly the promise. And in chapter uh, 4, the next chapter, verse 1, <clears throat> and that finishes off to say, if we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end, because the scriptures say, if only today you would listen to his voice, don't make him angry by hardening your hearts as you did in the wilderness <clears throat> rebellion. So believe. It doesn't matter how pretty your belief is. Can I say that? You don't have to look polished. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be broadcasting it. It, it, it we can look pretty ragged sometimes, but we're still believing. We're still hanging in there. Like I'm 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 still on. I'm struggling, but I'm, I'm still here. It's, there's that thing when you click off, you stop trying. Beware of that. So in the next chapter, in verse 1, now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into his realm of, un, of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. We must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to embrace it. For we've heard the good news of deliverance just as they did. They also heard the good news, but they stopped believing. They stopped. So guard over this and, and, and go after the reality, this manifestation of our union with Christ. Because I'm telling you, when on this dream, I saw explosions in people's lives, and it was the manifestation of, of the union of Jesus in them. And when they, when they got that, they experienced that and were asking, what is this? And the answer was, this is that. This is, this is the manifestation of what we learn and what we hear about. But there is a reality coming where you'll be like, whoa, what's that? Well, that's this. It's what we've been reading about. It's what we've been promised. It was what we've been preaching about. There's a manifestation coming for all who will hang in there, keep believing, keep seeking, keep putting yourself in the posture. Ask the Lord, what's the next thing to do? What's the direction I'm to walk in? What's the, just, just that. You only need the next step, Right? You don't have to have the whole road map as much as we'd like. You know what? I want to see the whole map and how long it's going to take because I'm not sure I'm going on this trip. <laughs> and Jesus is like, 
really? Um, it doesn't work that way, just saying. So this is maddening. I get it. We can form a club. The maddening, you know, the maddening thing of walking in the spirit. It can be maddening because there's a lot of the picture you don't get to see. Jesus absolutely insists, trust me. Trust me. Go over here. That's not the right direction. Go over here. That's a perfect illustration of what Kenny just said. You know, hey, you want to go? You know, it's like, let's go back there and we'll go and we'll go. It's like, oh, this feels so wrong. Like, I can appreciate that, how hard it is to go the wrong way and believe it's, you know, going to be faster. It's going to work out. Have you not done that? You make a decision on the road to take this road. You think it's better, then you're not sure. And you're like, oh, this is going the wrong way. You're, but where are we going? How, you know, that thing. But we have to follow the Spirit, be content to do that, and in due time, it'll bring tremendous, great result. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, hmm. we thank you for all of your promises. Thank you for what you're going to do. And we bless you. We bless your name. We want to be found faithful. We want to be found believing and honoring you. Lord Jesus, I just start, I just declare now the manifestations of the union, of our union with you, that they're going to be manifestations, people exploding, the oppressed. Isaiah talked about the oppressed. Your, your, your whole life purpose was to bring deliverance to the oppressed, to exchange the beauty for ashes, the, the manifestation of the union with you and your people. So, Father, I declare those, those manifestations. I declare the encounters that are coming. The reality just cause us to be on fire for you and fully living in your spirit, come what may, fully of life in you. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you, did you announce that we're not having church on New Year's Day? Did you say that? prophecy for unto us a child is born for unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder for he shall be called wonderful counselor mighty God everlasting father prince of peace Jesus we thank you we thank you for the decision you made, the choice that was before you, to know what all would happen, but yet you decided to come in flesh and blood to walk the earth. Out of love, you decided to come down and be with us. So Jesus, we remember that today. We remember that choice that you made. We come before you in thanks for that. For all that you've done and will do for us. So Jesus, we take communion this day from the King of Kings. And we don't take it lightly what you did for us. for all that you've done. We say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So come today and receive from the King of Kings.